I'm reading an email that was sent in by Evie Douglas from the road trip episode. Greetings. I listened to your podcast and as always, it was a good message. Although more interesting was the subliminal message that intervened asking that we email. How clever and cute. And there's a happy face. Keep up the great work. Thank you, uh, Eve. I appreciate it whenever I get an email. Have a great day. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Praise God. It's so wonderful to have an opportunity to come before you. I'm just so thankful today. And I pray that all is well with all of you, my friends and family and dedicated listeners. Uh, God bless you. And today I wanted to talk to you about something that has actually been on my heart for a while. And for some reason, God would not allow me to actually release it. I don't really know why, but sometimes we don't always know. We just find out uh, you know, there's a song that we used to sing in the church called You'll Understand It Better By and By. But I just wanted you to know today that this word has been just something that has been marinating. And I know that God, I asked him today, Lord, what do you want me to share with your people today? And then he just told me that he wanted me to share this word. And I've already did the scripture reading from it. It's coming from Luke 17, 11 through 19. And we've heard the story about the lepers. So I'm just going to go right into it because I've already prayed. And, um, you know, God just wanted me to just go right into what he has for you today. Um, when, when we were going over this scripture reading, these uh, 10 lepers, they were all together in their little group. And uh, what the Lord was showing me about this, God, he actually was speaking to me about each and every little, little piece of the puzzle for this particular message. He was letting me know that, you know, when people are, are, uh, distance from others. As we know in the scripture, it says that they didn't come right up to Jesus, but they yelled out to him from a distance. So that distance signifies that there was something that was going on in their lives. that was keeping them from coming right up 
to Jesus. And we know that they had the condition of leprosy. Well, how many of you know that you can have a leprosy on the outside? Back then it was a condition where, you know, you'd have some limbs that might break off. They would become, they would start turning different colors and get white. And uh, then all of a sudden they would just start, you start losing feeling in those areas. And then after that, uh, your limbs may just drop off. Uh, and so it wasn't uncommon that in that time that when people began to have leprosy symptoms, they would have to be sent out. They would be in, become an outcast and none of their family would be able to go with them. And anyone that came in contact with them, they would monitor them to make sure that they weren't infected. And then if they were, were clear, then they could stay in the community with everyone else. But anyone that was afflicted with that condition of leprosy, they would be put out side the uh the the camp or outside the the city gates and and they were not allowed to function with others so they called out to Jesus from a distance and how many of you know that you can have leprosy on the outside of your body and you can also have leprosy that shows up spiritually as well when you begin to feel leprosy spiritually you feel a distance toward others you begin to feel as though um there you're not close to anyone. The family feels estranged from you. Uh, your relatives, uh, your acquaintances, your friends, um, even your mate, uh, you begin to feel like you're not connected to anyone for some reason. And a lot of times it could be due to different things. Well, in this case, uh, we know that those 10 lepers, they were in their situation because they their limbs were deteriorating and rotting before their eyes. And the end result is usually death in a situation like that. Whenever you have leprosy on your body, eventually it leads to death. Hallelujah. How many of you know that when you are experiencing uh, leprosy of that soul, e eventually it starts off with a distance. And how many of you know that the devil loves to keep you away from everyone? One way to know that someone is under attack is when they start to distance themselves away from people. They don't want to talk to the people that love them anymore. They don't want to be around them. They don't want to deal with them, but you know who they will deal with? Hallelujah. You know how those are the, the 10 groups, that group of uh, 10 lepers, what they were doing, they were sticking together. All those 10 lepers, they were sticking in their little group because they all had the same condition. And you know, uh, how many of you know that when you got the same condition, we love to say, uh, where I'm from, we like to say um, misery loves company and birds of a feather flock together. That's what my mother used to say. And so how many of you know that we can sometimes have a condition that separates us from others, but we choose to be uh, separate from everyone, but we don't want to be separate from the ones that are afflicted with the same condition that we have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you know that uh, that division and that separation that you have, it could be the result of some things that are going on that you're doing. In this case, the lepers, they were always called unclean. 
Hallelujah. And so when the lepers would come down the street or when the lepers would be going around or on the way and someone would be coming near them, the lepers would have to announce to the people, um, unclean, unclean. And they would have to yell out their condition. And so the people that would see them at a distance would see that these lepers are unclean. And then the, the people would begin to cross on the other side of the road so that they can be away from the leper because they didn't want to catch their condition. And how many of you know that sometimes you can be in this leprous condition in your soul and it'll keep you at a distance. And when people want to come near you, you begin to push them away. It's almost like that those lepers back in the day and age of Jesus, when they would just say unclean, unclean. So they would push you away. You know, how many of you know, when you try to reach out to someone that, you know, may be struggling with some kind of issue you a problem. We all have been there. All of us, hallelujah, have been in a situation where we felt alienated. We felt separated. We felt just like there was a big divide between us and others because of whatever the issue may have been. Sometimes it's something that we create ourselves, but when someone tried to come near us, we will just try to push them away. The devil wants you to push them away. Hallelujah. How many of you know that when the enemy comes in, he likes to separate you from people who could possibly help you. He likes to separate you from people who could do something about your condition, who could probably improve whatever the situation is. So he separates you from them and he makes you believe that you have to cry out I'm unclean. Stay away from me. He makes you believe that you need to be pushed, push people away. Hallelujah. And in this situation with these uh, 10 lepers, they were all in their little group. You know how uh, people who love to do the same thing. If you know there's some people, oh, we all like to party together. Oh, we love to get high together. We're all into the same thing. We're all whoring together. We're all doing the same thing. We're all, oh, and then, you know, we oh, we all go to the buffet together. We're all, you know, we, we have this thing where we all hang out with people that are like-minded. That's uh, our human condition. That is a normal thing. But what if the thing that you are hanging out with people when they go on to do these things, what if it's bad stuff? What if it's stuff where it's going to get you in trouble? What if you, you that click and that gang that you're hanging out with and you have a, a, a cause yourself allegiance to this particular gang of people and they have a leprous state that they're in and they're filled with evil. They're filled with vitriol. They're filled with malice and they're filled with hate. And they come to you and they want you to be a part of their leprous group. And then you go ahead and you start hanging out with them. Hallelujah. So, you know, this is what the Lord was just showing me how, you know, we can have leprosy of the, the flesh, but there could also be leprosy of the soul. Hallelujah. And we can still be able to relate. Well, no, in this day and age, we don't have leprosy on our bodies, but we can still have leprosy on our soul and end up in the same condition that these 10 lepers found themselves in. They were in a condition where they separated 
hallelujah, from others, separated from family, separated from friends. They couldn't work. It's a, it impacted their ability to produce in society. They had to live on contributions from the priests. People would have to uh, give to them and, and they became beggars and they usually had to uh, walk around with rags hanging off of their bodies. A lot of times you could smell them before they got near you. You could smell them a block away. Hallelujah. Their clothes would be hanging off of them. They would just be rags. Hallelujah. And that's how you could pretty much tell that you were coming into the presence of a leper because you could smell or see their condition. Hallelujah. Their ability to thrive was impacted in a major way. How many of you know that when you're in this state, you're no good to anyone, not even yourself? So these particular, this particular 10 that were hanging out together, they happened to see Jesus at a distance. And I don't know which one of them began to scream out the loudest, but one of them began to scream out and they begin to call on Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it says that they all screamed out and called on Jesus, but one of them obviously had more of a conviction than the others because the Bible tells us that Jesus heard their cry. And how many of you know, when you reach out to God, he's going to hear your cry. There was a song that uh, they used to say, um, uh, when he'll hear your faintest cry, he'll, he'll hear your faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus heard their cry and he told them, go show yourselves to the priest. How many of you know that in that day that when the leper was healed and the priest was kind of like functioned as a doctor back then. So whenever a leper had leprosy, the person that would actually say if they had the disease or not would be the priest. So they would go and show themselves to the priest and the priest would say they're clean or the priest would say they are unclean. And everyone in the community would accept the word of the priest. So Jesus tells them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And while they were on their way, hallelujah, they were healed. They were healed before they even made it to the priest. So the Bible clearly tells us one of the men ran back to Jesus. The Bible says that he immediately came back to Jesus and fell at the feet of Jesus. His condition had changed. And as a result, he was able to finally draw closer to Jesus. You know, what was interesting about that is that this leper who had first, he had to learn to stay away from everyone because, you know, you have this leprosy and you can't come up to anyone. If you tried to come up to anyone, you would probably be stoned. They would probably kill you because you are violating the sacred law at that time. You're not supposed to run up on people with leprosy. But, you know, something happened in the mind of this leper at the time that he was healed of his leprosy, he also had 
a paradigm shift in his mind. Hallelujah. He understood that he no longer had to be at a distance from Jesus. So what does he do? He runs up to Jesus. And not only does he run up to Jesus, he throws himself at Jesus feet and he screams and yells out. Hallelujah. He screams and yells out how thankful that he is. Oh no, something must have happened. I'm not really sure what it was, but I didn't get your email. Oh my goodness. You sent me the email and I didn't receive it. Could you please send another one? I really want to hear from you. Send it to gracepace.pcast at gmail.com. That's right. G-R-A-C-E-P-A-C-E dot P-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Or you can just send me a message, upload it on Anchor or Spotify. I know you want to hear your voice on the next episode, right? Hopefully I'll hear from you soon. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. That is so amazing. Hallelujah. How many of us have been in predicaments where we have been our life, our social, uh, social economical way of existing has been impacted our ability to thrive, our ability to work, our ability to be in commune with our society has been so impacted. And then we begin to be free from that condition. How many of us remember to go back to God and say, thank you? How many of us remember to cry out to God because no longer am I a leper in my soul? My condition has been improved and I can fall at the feet of the one who I know has made it possible to me. You know, they called him master. Hallelujah. Those 10 lepers, they had the audacity to call him master. But you know what was amazing? What was amazing is, yes, they called him master when they needed something from him, but when he had delivered on what he showed that he could do, yes, he is the master and he produced a blessing for them. Where did they go? Even Jesus wanted to know. Even Jesus wanted to know, but before I say that, I wanted to go back into the mind of this, this leper, the one that came back. He had a paradigm shift. His paradigm shift was he understood I'm no longer a leper and I have a right to be at the feet of Jesus. I have a right to declare thanksgiving to him. And now that I can draw closer to him, why not? draw closer to the one who has did this blessing for me. Why not uh, fall at the feet of this, this one who loves me so much enough to heal me enough to hear me when I screamed out to him. So now this paradigm shift has made him alienated from the crowd. He's no longer with that group anymore. How many of you know you need to come out of that group that you're hanging with? Because that group is not doing you any good. You need to come out of that group. Hallelujah. 
I'm speaking under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And whoever is hearing this, hallelujah, you know that you are not where you're supposed to be. And part of the reason is because you're not in the right group of people. You're not in the right crowd. You're supposed to be in a different crowd. Hallelujah. Your mother told you birds of a feather flock together. I know you heard it. And if you haven't heard it before, you heard it here today. A.M. Wilson is telling you birds of a feather flock together. Why would you hang out with someone that is in the same situation that you're in? Both of you ain't got no money. Why are you hanging out with friends that ain't got no money? That's not trying to produce wealth. That's not trying to do something with their financial situation. That's not trying to get healthy. That's not trying to get fit emotionally, spiritually, physically. Hallelujah. And financially. Why would you hang out with people that can't do you any good? They can't teach you anything. They can't show you anything. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron and men sharpen other men. If you are in a group that is not making you better and that is not trying to take that weed out your mouth, that is not trying to take that alcohol off your breath, that is not trying to take them pounds off your hip, that is not trying to put some knowledge in your mind, then you are in the wrong group. Hallelujah. Go with the group that is going to edify, lift up, encourage, motivate, let go of negative thinking, let go of negative talking people. If you're hanging out with people that are pulling you down, then you are hanging out with a bunch of lepers. That's right. You heard it here first. Hallelujah. I don't want to get on my soapbox today. Hallelujah. But the Lord is leading me to go somewhere. Hallelujah. And I just want to tell you, let go of anything that's pulling you down. If every time you get off the phone with someone and they make you feel bad, then that's God telling you they're not bringing anything to your life. If every time you get around your homeboys and they're leading you to go down a path of darkness and they're leading you somewhere where you know you shouldn't be and the, the place where it's going to end up is the jail or the grave, then you know that you should not be doing that and they're not your right set of friends. If you have given your allegiance to any darkness and if you have given yourself to anything other than what you know is going to be motivating, uplifting, encouraging, inspiring, and that is going to make you proud to be who you are, then you're not with the right group. Get away from those lepers. Get away from those ones because they are cancerous to you. They are going to lead you down the path of darkness and you need to run to Jesus. Hallelujah. When you get the opportunity, the way those 10 lepers cried out and they cried out and called him master, called out to God where you are right now. Call out to the master because he is the one that can save you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. Hallelujah. And you know, so now going back, hallelujah, going back to the part where Jesus asked the question, were not all 10 cleansed? It's almost like he's saying, um, did I make a mistake? I thought I cleansed. 10 people. Uh, 
Where, where are the other nine? Why is it there's just one that came back to give praise? They came back to give thanksgiving. Why is there only one? Why is there only one that came back to say thank you? Friends and family, we're living in a time where people are not thankful anymore. We're living in a day and age where people don't say thank you. They act entitled. They act as though you owe them something. They don't have respect. They don't respect you. They don't respect what you give them. They don't respect what you offer, whether it's advice, whether it's insight, inspiration, um, knowledge, wisdom, Anything, any of your resources, even your time will not be respected. Hallelujah. When you find yourself in that situation, then that the people that are like that, hallelujah. And this is what the Lord just told me. This is a leprous, a leprous mentality. This is a, a leprous mindset. They know how to put all of the things upon themselves. And then when you lavish all that stuff on yourselves, it's not going to make you a better person. It's actually just going to corrode you. It's going to make it worse for you because you're not thankful. You're not giving thanks to God for the blessings that he has bestowed upon you. And whenever a person has an unthankful heart, I, I remember when I was a young Christian and I, I always remembered that um, the children of Israel, when God got them out of the situation, when he delivered them and he sent them into Egypt to go to the promised land and they were unthankful and how God would get so angry with them. I always remembered how, um, and some of them, because of their unthankfulness, some of them died in the wilderness and some of them did not get to the promised land. I always remembered that as a, as a young Christian, when, you know, reading the Bible and you reading these different stories about, uh, the, the things that, that God did for the children of Israel. And I always remembered, always be thankful. And I, I remember how God would cause them uh, to make, uh, he would tell them to take stones and build memorials so that when your children ask, especially uh, the first time I remember reading that was when they went through the waters, uh, when when Moses parted the Red Sea and God told them to build up, take take stones and build them into the, um, the midst of the ocean so uh, that it would be a memorial for what he had done for them. And so uh, when I think about that, God is big on testimonies and he's big on uh, just remembering what he has done for you. And to me, that's showing thanksgiving. You know, when, when I go to the revelations, some of the last things you read in the book of revelations is when he says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So your testimony is going to allow you to overcome. And what is a testimony? A testimony is when you rave, you brag about what God has done. Hallelujah. You are thankful and you are showing your thanksgiving by bragging about what God has done. So this 
is what the Lord had given me. Uh, one other part that, that God was really bringing home in this was that Jesus even had to, when he was wondering where are the other nine, um, you know, he, it made me kind of wonder, well, who are these people? What kind of people are they? What kind of people are they who would receive such a huge blessing and then not come back to give thanks? That made me wonder. Okay. And then, well, we know what one of them was. One of these people, we know that they were a Samaritan. And a Samaritan, what was so unique about this Samaritan of all people, a Samaritan was actually uh, in the time of, of, of the Bible time, right? They were considered uh, to be like dogs, right? Because uh, we know that the Samaritans, uh, they had a different way of worship. They had kind of had their own beliefs when it came to uh, where to worship, how to worship. The Jews did not like them because they began to intermarry. And so they kind of changed the dynamics of uh, how uh, having a, a pure nation of, of Jews, they changed it to where they began to intermarry with in heathenistic uh, marriages. And so after that, they weren't pure anymore. So the Jews started calling them dogs. And also they did not believe in the same beliefs as the Jews. So for this Samaritan to, who had no belief as the Jews to finally, which at this time, maybe he did know a little more, who knows, but if Jesus said he's a Samaritan and he says, um, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then that tells you right there. If he's a foreigner, then that means he's not privy to the same understanding as uh, the Jews would have known about um, the, the religious beliefs. And as a Samaritan, um, he's not a worshiper the way the Jews would worship. He's not a follower of Christ at that time. And so for him to actually come back and now let's get this, let's get this in perspective. He didn't just come up to Jesus and say, Hey man, I really appreciate what you did. He didn't just like give Jesus a fist pump pump or, um, you know, a high five or just, you know, come and tap Jesus on the shoulder. No, the Bible says, oh, that he actually fell at Jesus feet and he worshiped him in Thanksgiving and he yelled. So he went all out to show his thing. That is a heart that is so filled with thanksgiving. And so this, knowing that they were out, knowing that the people that saw this display, they knew that this man was a Samaritan. They knew that this man uh, all of a sudden uh, is, is at the feet of Jesus worshiping. Um, how many people that may have saw this and said, hey, you know, Leroy used to be a leper and now he's at the feet of Jesus. Well, you know, the Jews think that the, that the Samaritans are a bunch of dogs. 
So why would he be at the feet of somebody that thought that he was a dog and he was right over there? I saw him myself. He was right over there, right at Jesus' feet. And so this man, did a, he, he made a paradigm shift. Brothers and sisters, he literally came all out from what he thought he knew what he used to know, you know, what I want to bring out, what I believe God wants you to know is that when God comes on the scene, he's going to change what you used to know. That's right. The things that you thought you knew, he's going to revamp all that stuff. Some of you need to let go of some of the old wise tales that you grew up, some of the lies that you've been told growing up. And sometimes we take some cultural beliefs with us that it may have been safe at that time, but now you're grown and you need to evaluate what you've been hearing and what you know. Uh, what did Paul say? Paul said, um, when I was a child, I I thought as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And how many of you are going to have to put away some of your childish things? How many of you are going to have to do a paradigm shift and know that you need to do better? When you know to do better, then do better. But you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to believe some different things. Don't be afraid to challenge the lies. Don't be afraid to challenge the lies that try to keep you away. Don't be afraid to challenge the lies that try to tell you you're not clean so you can't be around others. You need to separate yourself from other people. Don't listen to those leprous friends that tell you you need to stick with us. They don't understand you the way we do. Aren't you having fun? No. Whenever you know that the wages of sin is death. There's never going to be fun. Whenever you know that you have to give a, uh, there's a price to be paid for whatever you do, that you have to give an account for whatever you do, it's never going to be fun. Don't be afraid to do the paradigm shift in your mind. A, a paradigm is just a thought. The word paradigm simply means thought. Change the thoughts that you think. Change the way that you have been thinking about your existence. Change the way that you have been thinking about your life. Change the way that you have been thinking about the state that you are currently in. You do not have to continue to believe that you can only work a certain type of job. You do not have to continue to believe that you only have to live in a certain neighborhood. You do not have to continue to believe that you must stay in the same state that you are in, literally or figuratively. You must believe that there is more for your life and you must cry out to the master who can help you to come to the new place where you would like to be in your life. And for me, 
I apologize for the dog in the background, but if you can't hear it, I can. But, um, and so basically when you realize that you are more than your condition, you will cry out to God. When you realize that you can have better, when you realize that you can be removed from the state that you are in, you must be like that leprous Samaritan who was no longer a leper. So I shouldn't even call him a leprous, a leprous Samaritan. I should call him a healed and cleansed uh, Samaritan. A healed and cleansed Samaritan. And from the looks of things, he may not be uh, calling himself Samaritan. He may become a Christian. He may have converted to Christianity. Who knows? Uh, because I know that if if the, the woman who had an issue of blood, if she just touched the hem of Jesus's garment and she was made whole, then I can only imagine what would happen if that leper or the, the cleansed leper, if he threw himself at the feet of Jesus. Can you imagine what Jesus' big toe could do for him? If, if his, the hem of his garment could do something for someone who had an issue of blood. If that leper or that cleansed man touched Jesus' big toe, there's no telling what all this man was in for his whole family probably was blessed after this. So I'm just saying when you turn to God, expect miracles, expect for your life to be changed, expect for you to be able to thrive, expect for your relationships with your family to improve, expect for your employment, expect for your ability, your capability, expect for your overall life to become better. But it's step by step by step as you continue to follow after God. And this one went a little longer today, but I want to encourage you. If you feel that your life is not going in the in the way that you would like for it to have gone. If you feel that you have been alienated from the crowd and you're waiting and you're wondering, when is things going to improve? When is going to get better? Well, I want to let you know that it's not an accident that you heard this podcast. You need to call out to God. You need to call out to Jesus. And just as the the, the lepers went to show themselves to the priests. The priests had a large responsibility at that time. They were able to pronounce if a person was cleansed, if a person was healed and made whole. And you know what? The church still has that place today. They can still pronounce that a person is cleansed and made whole. So find your local church, Find someone who you know can pray. You can even contact me. I'm your host, A.M. Wilson. I'd be, uh, I would love the opportunity to pray for you. But whatever you do, find the feet of Jesus and fall at the feet of Jesus because he can still change your condition the same way he did back then. He's the same yesterday today, 
and forever. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I am your host, A.M. Wilson. Have a wonderful day.